Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Lord, Jacks. I'm Tim Allen. Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 25 cents. 25 cents. As a futures up uh, 25. We have Mr. Kevin. Good morning. How are you? We're a little, little late. Uh, we got some weather issues and so forth. Did you guys end up with a bunch of snow? Nope. Well, downtown. Not yet, anyway. Well, downtown we just incessantly rained a little bit of slush here and there, and the burbs all got real heavy wet snow. So some four or five inches in some places. So. One day it was nice to be downtown, but it just was relentless rain. Yeah, just brutal. Uh, but better than snow. So now I guess this weekend we're supposed to get more, I guess. But Yeah, we're supposed to get more. It's supposed to get colder next week. You know what? It's January. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of hoping we could sneak another couple of weeks like this, but we'll see. But it's nice to be uh, over 30 degrees. Uh, you know, we're not slipping around as much, but uh, that will end next week. Hopefully things will dry out a little first. But, uh, so how are you? Oh, doing all right. Doing all right. The uh, the Irish kept me up late last night, so uh, um, so you know I'm, I'm I might be a little groggy. You know, if you hear me dozing off, I, I've been starting to snore. Just yell uh, yell at me. Well, you know, I uh, can I be, can I be officially over this sports? I know we're stacks and jacks, but uh, I'm getting you know I, I don't how can I say I really don't give a bleep uh, on some of these teams, but last night. The worst team around are the Hawks, so I couldn't get the Irish. No, the NBA well, that, games around. That, that wasn't because of the Blackhawks. No, but I, so I go to NBC Sports, which is the extra pay channel on on cable for the uh, Hawks, and it turns out they're on some extra special pay channel last night. So the thing I paid for again doesn't have the game. What what? Am I, am I just being grumpy here, or what? What is going on? No, I. You know, I've heard a lot of commentary about that because you you have one of the uh, playoff ga- games on uh, Peacock this weekend, one of the NFL games, and uh, you, you know, I I think uh, you know what where, where I think there's really a problem here is that they're on so darn many platforms. If you want to get into screen uh, streaming, get into streaming. Go ahead, but. Pick a platform and do it so that people don't have to say, well, gee, I have to own Peacock, I have to own Amazon Prime, I have to own, you know, you, I mean, you can start creating the list, and uh, and why would you, I, I have no idea why they would do that. That seems to me to be strategically stupid. They, you might have somebody who's, who's you know, uh, paying a lot for each license for it, 
but by the same token, you're you know you're making it difficult for your fans. You're you're pushing them away, not uh, not you know not wrapping around them. So you know, to me, you want to do some streaming, fine, do it. Pick a platform, do it. But don't scatter it across three, four platforms like that. I uh, I, I agree with you there. What what is it? Bumped me the wrong way. Um, worse, honestly. By the way, did you, did you hear? Uh, were you watching the game with uh, Tariq and Collinsworth the other day? Uh, which game was it? I, I don't know. It was, but uh, it was. Uh, they, yeah, they, I, but, I think Tariqo's terrific. Well, he, he's outstanding. Well, but right they, they were charged with sort of like when John and I used to do this stuff on uh, the score. We had to read this really stupid commercial every day. They change it every day for uh, one of the mortgage places or something. And it, it was god-awful. But, you know, it was a pain in, pain in the ass, basically. Well, Tariqo and Collinsworth were charged with uh, doing essentially a commercial for, what's what's it going to be on? Something Prime? Peacock? Peacock. Yeah, it would have been uh, Peacock. Uh, so they're, because, because they're on NBC, so and, and NBC owns Peacock. So, yeah, I'm sure that's what they were shilling. Does Comcast own NBC? Yes. All right, so anyway, so they they were, and you could just see Collinsworth looked look like he had to go to the bathroom or something. He, he just, <laughs> he, he wanted no part of that. Just, yeah, just call in and order this, like, right now, see how easy it is, and Tariqo is just as bad. Those two guys, if you looked at their their body language, they, they just thought the whole thing sucked. I mean, and, but you know, here, here's my, here's what I, uh, my issue, Kevin, or one of them is, I don't. I, I think football has been essentially on free TV. Of course, it's never free if it's commercial, but nothing's free. It's been on over-the-air TV, except for ESPN, for like a really long time. And other people have gone the other way, and they've they've sold the stuff out to Marquee or whatever it is, and, or the NBA is on somebody. I honestly, if if they say next week's stuff, you got to pay ten dollars a game for, just like a prize fight or something. It's it's theirs to sell, Kevin. I, I don't really give a crap. I'll j- I just won't get it, or you know, or, or whatever, or I'll go spend you know ten bucks a beer to bar to pay for it or something. But I, that's their right. But don't sell me marquee and then take ten games away from me. You just yeah. you know th- th- that to me is different. I don't. Is it different or is it just me? Well, and I and I think you and I are complaining. You know, lodging the same complaint from different angles because you know when I'm saying you know pick a platform and do it. It's the same thing. Pick, you know, tell me what you want me to buy, but don't tell me that you want me to buy six platforms. Well, I also think that, and and and, and you're seeing it, the, you know, from a different angle. Is I bought this platform because it is the the Cubs network, and now you're telling me, yeah, except for these ten games, if you want to watch those, you have to go someplace else. You have to go to Amazon Prime or something like that. So go buy that too. But I also think, from from a business standpoint, again, it's their business, not mine. So they're you care less what I say, but I it, at some point here, you you've got you should have people that are pretty smart doing this. So at the end of the day, I'm gonna pick pick a peacock. So okay, th- there's gonna be a, I don't even know what the times are. There's gonna be a noon game, a three o'clock game, and then something something. And if all of a sudden it looks to me like the three o'clock game, everybody had to pay two bucks for the for the game, which is a lot of money, or whatever a buck, whatever it is. Or has to has to get Peacock, but I have half as many people watching it, which means my commercials have to be half as expensive, right? 
Somebody should be able to figure out real quick whether this thing was worth it to the NFL or not. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I, I don't know the numbers. But how many years now have these guys been farting around with this? They, they can't seem to figure it out. Do you want to be on free TV? Do you want to be on cable? Do you want to people to pay for it? Figure it out. They, they try it every year. They, they do the Thursday night or they do something. And, and then, you know, and, and then the next year, then they back off, then they do it again. F- figure it out. I, I, just as a business point of view, you've been doing this for 40 years. Figure it out. Or where am I yeah, wrong? I mean, it, it seems to me, you know, what we're really talking about is what kind of a strategist, uh, you know, or the, the people running it, let's look at it that way. I mean, we're evaluating their strategy for getting product into the customer's hands. It is no different than any other business in that regard. And yet they're making it really, really difficult to get their product into their customers' hands in some cases. I, I, I just wonder, uh, Kevin, and this is not, believe me, I haven't done this in decades. Um, everybody used to have people trained like me that could sit there and, and after three or four weeks of this could do all the numbers and say, this is like the world's best idea, or, God, this, this is really bad. We, we 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 got to obey. Budweiser doesn't want to pay anywhere near as as much for a commercial on this Peacock as they do on on uh, Channel Seven or Channel Five when everybody can watch it. Or maybe maybe Budweiser pays the same amount, or they're idiots enough to do it, even though half as many people are watching. I some it, it's got to be fairly obvious after a period of time whether it's worth it or not. It would seem to me. It it, it would seem, and again. Um, the, the other thing I would say is that if you're going to give, you know, in the case of baseball, an antitrust exemption, and in the case of other sports, uh, partial carve-outs uh, to uh, antitrust law, that uh, there, there should be some operating in the public interest angle to it as well, shouldn't there? I'm going to say that other than baseball, which is that ridiculous Supreme Court decision, no other place... Has any carve out? The only carve out is that the the NFL, when they were when AFL merged with the NFL, they were granted the right to market together. That's not that's not an antitrust exemption. They they could somehow market as a, as a league and, and sell TV rights and so forth as a league. That's that's the exemption they have. And I don't know who they got that from, the FTC or somebody. But the baseball got theirs from the Supreme Court in one of the dumbest decisions I've ever heard. It's not interstate commerce. Really? The, the people going across state lines to play a baseball game was, uh, what the hell was the words they used? It was, uh, it, it, it had nothing to do with, the, with being interstate commerce. They just had to, had to go there to play or something. Players did it on their own volition, not because they were told yeah, to. Yeah, it's not interstate commerce. It's just commerce that crosses state lines. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, I'm uh, starting to get a... You have to talk me down for this after the. I don't know why we're going to talk about this because, but I have a little bit of experience in this. Not experience, uh, history in this. Uh, I'm starting to get a little worried about this Boeing thing. Should I be? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I have a little experience dealing with the RV industry, um, and uh, and teaching you know quality management concepts and tools and techniques. Um, and uh, you know, one of one of the most basic ones is is called uh, failure modes and effects analysis (FMEA), um, and and it's a scoring process for saying what could go wrong, 
what could possibly go wrong, what's the impact, likelihood of it going wrong, and then what's the impact if it does. And, you know, each has a score. So, you know, bolts breaking off or doors that fly off in, in the air, you know, those have a really, really high impact score, even if the probability is fairly low. But with that kind of an impact score, that's one of those things that has to be pretty much flawless uh, in the manufacturing. And you probably have stumbled across that back in your Pullman days as well. That's what I was going to refer to. But here, this, let's well, do it after but, break, Kevin. And, and, and so this becomes an engineering issue, and uh, and, and it's, it's really important. But, it, it, you know, it, it, I, I don't know how such a thing could happen, especially when they're starting to find... You know they're pulling others out of the uh, out of the. Um, As of usual, I, I love having Yan for a lot of reasons, but one of them is here's a problem, and we're coming at it from two totally different directions. And I love where you're coming from, and I'll I'll talk about where I'm coming from on the way. And I I really hope that you're the one who's right and not me. S and P futures up three seventy five, and that futures up thirty two. Looks like we're gonna head back up here at least right now. I'll be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day -day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold. The idea being that 
that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Right now. Right here, right now, right now. Well, welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm on the board. SP futures up two, Nasdaq futures up twenty-seven, Dow futures down nine. Uh, so not much going on here. We're up, we were mixed, but now we're we're not. We're pretty much up. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up eight. Call that flat. FTSE down eighteen point two percent. Back around down two, call that flats. So we've been kind of a slow start today. Well, we had a huge update the other day, but the last few days have been pretty slow. Uh, over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei up 678. We're really pushing past 34,000 marks since the first time since March of 1990. Uh, that's something. Uh, Hang Seng down 32, 16,097. Trying to stay above 16,000. That'd be interesting. Went below that. Uh, Shanghai. Down 15, 2,877. Uh, 2, the CSI 300 is near five-year lows as Nikkei makes 30, is, uh, how many years is that? 34-year highs. Uh, something's weird here. Something's weird. I don't know what it is, but something's weird. Yesterday, Dow's down 157. S&P down 7. NASDAQ up 13. We have bonds down two basis points. Back under 4% at 3.996. Uh, Bund uh, unchanged 2.18. Japan unchanged at 0.58. We have oil up 29 cents, 72.53. Uh, Brent up 23 cents, 77.82. Natural gas down 11.307. Had a huge attack in the Red Sea yesterday, biggest one yet. Uh, I don't think anybody got hurt, and no ships got sunk, but it was a uh, was a tough day over there. We've got gold up eight bucks, 2,041. Silver up eight cents, 23.17. Copper up two cents, 3.78. We have crypto, which is interesting. There was an SEC hack here where they said that this ETF was approved. Now, this ETF is going to allow people to buy this in their regular security accounts and maybe even margin it. We really need Bitcoin to be margined. It's exactly what have happened. But they got, they're down today, 1693 to 45037 uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fix this. We'll have more people that can buy it. And we have the dollar is uh, down a little bit with the euro back up 109.47 and the British pound is uh, 127.3. And the Air Force Traffic Weather Sports. All right, it is uh, 6.37 here in Chicago on Wednesday, January 10th. Starting off with just a little bit of sports, some hockey. Blackhawks Hawk, Black lost to the Oilers 2-1. to one. But the Coyotes are 1 over the Bruins 4-3. All right, over Chicago weather, it is currently 33 degrees. Uh, it's going to stay about that throughout the whole day because our high is also 33 degrees. Uh, we have breezy wind this morning and a little bit of clouds and maybe a little bit of snow into the night. Uh, over in Phoenix, they're currently at 37 degrees. We've got partly cloudy skies, and they're going to have a high of 60. But they also have a freeze warning lasting until 9 a.m. due to the low temperatures. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, thankfully no major accidents or delays to report. Only thing to take note of is that in the inbound uh, Dan Ryan, right about near 47th Street, there are some delays which look to be clearing up and should be getting a little bit better uh, soon, but we will see about that. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. The, uh... Kevin, the 
this uh, <clears throat> the first issue with the the Boeing Max is. I mean, if you, I, you know, I don't know why I've, I've always kind of followed this. I, I love planes and so forth, sort of maybe because I love railroad cars. Uh, Boeing had a plane, uh, seven fifty seven went out of production. Sounds like the start of a song. Yeah, uh, like fifteen years ago, they they went out of production. There was nothing wrong with this plane, except it was a little too powerful. Um, it was the right size for that middle range. Uh, used a little bit of gas because it was a little overpowered. And they had the 737, which they kept expanding in, in terms of size. Well, it's a little more efficient. They just kept making it bigger and bigger. Uh, everything would be fine. Well, then they got to the point where they actually had to make it a lot different because they had to put new wings on it uh, because the wings were a little low. It's designed for short takeoff and landings. And anyway, they decided to basically bleep can the middle-sized plane and just expand the small one bigger, which started cause. But it's essentially it's a totally a total redo. And they had the problems with the thing early on with the 737 Max. Now this this door blows out. Now this is the Max Nine, not the Max Eight. And it, because of the different seat configurations, we can try and be everything to everybody. I think is if you have 200 seats, you don't need this door to be an exit door, but if you go over 200, you do something like that. So th- on this particular plane, it's not an exit door. It's a plug that's there in case someday you decide to put more seats in the thing. Then you have to make this thing a real exit door. How is it going to work on that when it blows out on its own? Anyway, so the, f- the first issue is it has a couple of bolts. I mean, uh, Carl talked about it because he's kind of an engineering type, and he saw the pictures and that these bolts either had to be missing or loose. Well, it turns out Carl was right, as usual. And uh, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, your first thought is Boeing has some labor problems, and oh, by the by, somebody's hung over, somebody's pissed off. They either don't tighten the bolt tight enough, or they leave the bolt out, and something happens. So they're going to inspect all the planes. And I'm thinking, okay, well, we're going to inspect that area of the plane. Well, if there's somebody not tightening bolts, what makes you think it's just going to be in that one spot? Well, sure enough, they find more bolts that are loose. Okay, now I immediately jump from my Pullman era. This is not some guy or lady who comes in clucking that he's not putting the bolts tight enough. That's not happening, I don't think. Uh, I'm going to give it a 1% I, I chance. I would say un- unlikely because people understand what can happen. And now this brings me back to, uh, I'll be brief with this. There was a story, an actual happening at Pullman, uh, was before my time, uh, Pullman made, I was just at the tail end of this, Pullman made 745 subway cars for the city of New York. They were known as the R46 cars. The ones before that were the R44s, blah, blah, blah. And New York subway cars are, they're nothing like the, the CTA cars. A CTA car is basically a trolley car on, on wheels. It's all electric. It's 55 feet. It's light. It's got a low center of gravity. They're great cars, but they're, they're not like the New York subway cars. They're 75 feet. They're married pairs. They have compressed air on there. Everything on the CTA car, even the brakes, is electric. The doors are electric. Everything's electric. Not so on the, on the New York car. Everything, there's compressed air. They are super-duper heavy-duty vehicles to where there's four doors on the side, and I'm going to say at some stations, 300 people just walk on each car, and, and that's how much stress these things are under. And they are built like brick shit houses, basically. And all of a sudden, New York decides for the R46 car that they've used, Buckeye was the name of the firm, I think, that made them, Buckeye trucks for as long as time immemorial. 
They're 12,000-pound trucks. They are brutishly heavy-duty, blah, blah, blah. New York decides, you know what? Our bridges and stuff and our maintenance of our L, L tracks and so forth is slipping a little bit, so one of the ways we're going to combat this is to have lighter cars. So we want to design a 9,000-pound truck. Now, the truck is the wheel and axle combination. You see each car has two trucks, okay, the front and the back. But the whole the whole combination together, the wheels and axle and frames and everything is called the truck. They decide they want 9,000-pound trucks. Buckeye says, basically, can't do it. So North American Rockwell, which isn't even in the truck business, decides to get in the truck business and says, we can do it. Okay, so they plunk these beautiful-looking trucks underneath these beautiful cars, and off they go. And everything works fine. All the tests, everything's cool. Um, they start putting them through serious work. All of a sudden, there's an arm on the side of the truck, uh, Kevin. It starts, the arm starts coming off. The bolts start getting, getting loose. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's, it's not a good thing because when the thing comes out, if a workman happens to be in the way, it, like, cuts his legs off. You know, so it's not good. Problematic, yes. But problematic. So, after a couple of these episodes, they decide, well, what's the fix? Well, the fix is the bolts aren't any good. All right? So, Pullman goes out and buys, totally refits the entire 700 and some cars with forged bolts. Now, bolts are usually a cast, casting, right? Well, these are a forging. Everybody knows the difference. You actually got to pound out that bolt. They're strong as all get out. So they put the forged bolts in there, and I'm talking 1970-something. These things are like five hours a pop for a bolt or four hours or something. So they put those in there. Everything's fine, right? They fixed the problem. And I'm sitting, I mean, I, I don't know. All of a sudden, a crack appears somewhere in the truck frame. Oh, man, it's a weak spot in the truck frame. So they, they weld that back together, and they fix those spots all the way through the system. And guess what? There's a weak spot in another spot. So finally somebody says, the truck is just too damn light. It can't take the stress. All we're doing is chasing the stress around the truck. So they ended up going back and refitting the entire fleet with the old trucks, 12,000-pound trucks, which costs a fortune. And, of course, New York sues Rockwell and Pullman and wins, even though it was their design. Anyway, that's not part of the story. So when you see these planes... The last 787, the 737, it's all about weight. It's all about cut the weight, cut the weight because we're going to we're going to uh, use less gas, use less gas. You never had these kind of problems in a DC-8 or a 727 or anything like that. You had other problems because they weren't as modern, but you never had these kinds of issues. I'm wondering if they just didn't cut the weight on this thing and there's a structural problem on this plane because it's now bigger, longer than the 8. The 9 is longer. And I'm, I'm thinking they went too far, Kevin, and I think the thing's got a problem. And I, it, you can chase that all around the plane, but every time there's a mis- it's not like there's a mistake on the ground in New York. Every, every mistake, I, now, I'm going to say their response is going to be, let's put tougher bolts in this door. And more of them. And more of them. Up. And I think, you, all you, I hope they're not just going to chase it to the next door or something like that. Because every one of these oopsies is in the air. It's a whole different program than being on the ground in New York, isn't it? A little. Yeah. yeah. But but even at that, you know, I mean, and, and always the thing with aircraft is it, it's, it is in part 
you know, you, you can, yeah, let, let me put it this way. You can, you can run the numbers and you can say that flying is, you know, is, is much safer than uh, driving and, and so on. The problem is when it goes down, it's a friggin' disaster. Yes. It's a big disaster. Um, and that, that is where you run into the problems is it's, it's not taking out one person who tragically dies in a car accident. It's uh, all of a sudden what you're really doing is you're taking down, you know, 150 or 200 or something like that. Um, so, yes, that's, you know, that, that's huge. And, and I think that, that tends to get lost in, the, in some people's thought processes on this one. Well, this is a, this is a fairly new plane. Now, these planes are designed. The, I mean, for those that, that don't know, and I'm not going to give you specific numbers, but like a 747 that's been in the air. I'm going to say the ones that are just retiring. Some of them been in the air for you know 40 years, for God's sake. They don't have the same amount of takeoff and landings as a 737 cycles. They call them as a 720 737. It's been in the air 10 years. Because it, it's all it does. It's up and down, up and down. Or 747, you get in it, you fly to Europe. The thing probably has two cycles a day versus seven or eight or maybe nine or ten. It's a big difference. So if you're starting to have problems, this, these planes are not even a year old. They're supposed to, what, what is that plane going to look like 40 years from now or 30 years from now if they're already having issues like this? Did they make well, it too late? And so, and so your next question is, is this a one-off? You know, is this just one thing that was, you know, that somebody, some procedure broke down or something like that? Or um, is this the first of a series? Those, I'm going to, I'm going to hope, well, I like to make these bets where I really hope I lose. I'm going to hope that it's those particular bolts somehow not putting in, not being put in properly or tightened. I think they're loosening, Kevin. They're loosening through the takeoff, through the stresses. They're somehow loosening. That's a problem. I, 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 it's got to be now whether you can find a way to counter pin them off so they can't turn or something, or does that chase the stress next to them? Again, I just just from my history of it, when this stuff starts to happen early, it's not. I will say this: I'm ninety percent sure it's not just this one bolt that somebody didn't tighten. Yeah, I agree. Statistically, that would be highly improbable. Now the question is, how do you how do you know when you make things lighter? Or, I mean, the seven eighty sevens, incredible plane. They're five. They're were they carbon fiber? Well, twenty twenty five. Now, if I'm flying one of those things in twenty fifty, if we're all still around, I don't know. Am I am I happy or sad? Is that thing going to hang in there like aluminum did, or can I tell if there's a problem? Can I look right at it and see it's pitted and replace the part? I don't know. Do you? Maybe yes, maybe no. We'll see. I guess. Yeah, maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. But I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> well, let me let me let me raise the issue of skepticism. Yeah, I mean, if if I flew to Europe right now, I'd be on a I'd be on Icelandic because they still fly 757s. My favorite plane. Just saying. Plus, I never fly Icelandic. Of course, it'd be my luck to land in Iceland when some volcano blew off or something, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So uh, what do you make of this weekend? I uh, why do you think they picked the Kansas City game to be in? Um, to be in? Uh, what, oh, get a load of this. I, I don't know how this works. My my buddy Jim, he's been on the show, uh, mortgage expert. He was someplace last night, and the bar owner was telling him, Here, "Here's the message he sends me." Um, said something. I don't know. I don't know how you can do this, but uh, uh, he claims that they. Uh, 
My sources tell me that Comcast who own Peacock will not allow bars to stream the Chief game, and if you get caught, it's a $25,000 fine. The bar can't, can't buy it and stream it? Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Maybe maybe if you have Comcast, you can you can use it even if you don't pay up or something. Is that possible? Well, you still you still have to subscribe to it if you have Comcast. Um, so, for instance, I you know there is some because I'm a Comcast cable customer or Xfinity. I there is a certain amount of um, uh, of Peacock that I can watch, but now they also have a um, you know, a Peacock, you know, like Plus or Peacock Prime or, you know, whatever you want to call it. So this I is, P- this is Peacock Plus. I can't watch that unless I pay for it. I think if you're clever at this, which I'm not, maybe someone like Andrew would be, I think there's a way if you if you get it like on your cell phone or something as an individual, which is not much money, somehow you can tie it into the bar system and have the bar broadcast the whole game without the bar actually getting the bar plus price or something and I'm thinking that I guess and that's probably what oh, they're that, talking that could be it wouldn't it wouldn't be too difficult because it's a streaming platform it, you, you know it doesn't have to be your cell phone it can be a computer right so I think they don't want people jumping from an individual to 500 people in the place could that be what they're, they're worried about everybody's got to be worried about somebody cheating right or whatever they're yeah. mind cheating yeah and, and it wouldn't it sure wouldn't be hard so what if I get it as an individual and invite you and Slim over? Now, do, do I get fined because I got three people watching instead of two? Um, you know, that's a good question. Uh, and, but, Tom, I won't turn you in. That's right, because remember, wasn't there a... When they used to do the pay-per-view on the fights, wasn't didn't they try and make some max you could have in your place? You, if you charged for it, then you were something else? But I could have you and Slim over, and I couldn't charge you. Now, if you brought your own beer, it was okay. I don't know. How far can that go? Just, just saying. Well, and and how much can they monitor too? Yeah. Well, there's always the threat, I guess. Then well, there's, there's always the, yeah the IRS approach. Yeah, if I if I if I have a big threat, then maybe uh, um, you know maybe you'll fear getting caught more well, than you fear uh, even if it's unlikely. That would be a failure mode in the facts analysis. God. So uh, what do you make of? Uh, we know we don't have much time to fly out with a uh, economic. Uh, thing I say all that stuff the other day about the uh, um, all the different charts from last year and CPIs and all the other stuff versus uh, wage increases and uh, it, it sure seems like if you nudge this CPI number a little bit all those charts look pretty bad. What do you make of uh, the the labor number last week being a million million people off between a household and establishment? So is it is it possible household surveys just because nobody lives at home? Nobody has a fo- home phone. They live at home. Uh, do you think that survey is just no good anymore? Or do you think? It- well, it it might not. That I'm sure there are problems with it, and it would be very much like a government agency not to have adapted. But I, I would think that polling organizations in general have uh, have figured out that they have to do some things differently with because you know so many people are on cell phones and not using landlines. Uh, and, and everything related to that. So uh, you would think. Well, yeah, I, I don't think th- that there's there's been an adaptation to it, but who knows for sure? Yeah, I just uh, 
you you wonder when, when when people are making all these kinds of decisions and you know people are running for office and everything else based on on uh, what the economy is doing, the motivation to tell people the wrong thing. And it seems like the media, and this is this is not just uh, you know it, it's not just um, who's who's the the lady we had on. Uh, I don't know. We're talking about the she, she's the uh, oh god, Kevin, you remember. She's a lady who does all the... She did not for Time Magazine, but she did all the stuff for Washington Reporter. What was her name? Oh, Cheryl Atkinson. Cheryl Atkinson. And, and, and she was on one day, and I and I, uh, and I, I said, you know, why don't these people ask these kinds of questions at you know to the Fed people and so forth, or to the congressman or whatever? And she goes, well, you know, it's not just because I'm on your show. She goes, because they're not you. They're not, they're not economists. They're people that want to journalism school and have their five questions and they they have no idea how to formulate a question based on the question before you know you see that a lot in these congressional sort of things where if somebody if you're sitting next to me and you're on a, a drive to get something out of one of these people the fed chairman or whoever that happens to be you're talking to and your five minutes are up i'll ask him some stupid question about the weather instead of following up on your stuff and, and, and making a point. No, nobody cares about whether you're actually going down a, a road that needs to be going down. Somebody else will start about, thank you for your service. And by the way, what are you going to do about, you know, this, this kind of issue with diversity and, and fed, fed them or something? Well, yeah, so yeah. There's, there's really two, two journalism school problems. One of them, um, and, and it's a big problem, is that there is a lot of ideology that has found its way into the journalism educational process and so we pump out a lot of people who you know are, are always going to give an ideological slant which means a political slant uh, to what they do but the second thing is exactly what you were just describing is we also don't develop uh, subject matter expertise we don't even develop the ability for them uh, for people to look at data and to start thinking about how one might, you know, what, how you, how you might organize it, uh, how you how you dig into it, you know, the things the things that when when you have Carl on uh, looking at the, um, uh, the the data that as it comes out live, and you know he he's got it set up with his own databases and so on, which is. You know, so fantastic that we are we are getting some information about it right off the bat. But he also knows how to ask the right questions, how to dig in there and start saying what's behind, um, you know, what's behind some of these numbers, and and look at the underlying trends. The, you know, to put it into, uh, um, you know, I mean, it's really the difference between data, information, and knowledge. And he's he's able to turn things into some information really, really quickly. Um, and and that's on the way to actually having some answers and to having some understanding about it, and that's not developed in journalism school. They they may teach them how to write, although from what I can tell, they don't even do that very well. Um, but they may teach them how to write. They may teach them how to organize a story to write, you know, uh, uh, etc. All of that, but they don't really teach them about any subjects. People don't come out of journalism school saying, "I understand economics" or "I understand." Markets, or I understand, uh, you know, statistics, even uh, basic statistics, and that should be part of any journalism program. Is, is is some basic, you know, do you how do you understand, 
you know, how can you look at data and report on it without understanding how to dig into it yourself? Well, you know, I, uh, understanding analytics, basically. Well, understanding the law and understanding morals is a problem too. And I, I don't. I, I'm surprised, um, Kevin. In the last twenty-five years, well, maybe more than that. Uh, what what people thought? I mean, if you were in the go back to the to the seventies, now you know you had Anne Rand Contra and you had other kinds of stuff that people didn't watch. It wasn't like they were always straight, but there was some perceived level of how people were supposed to behave. Like, for instance, uh, you weren't supposed to be investing while you're in, in charge. I mean, you're, while, you're, while you're a senator, while you're whatever. You never saw Everett Dirksen or Paul Douglas or Paul Simon or those guys, you know, making a whole lot of money in the stock market when they were senators. I mean, it, it just wasn't done. And yet all of a sudden, you get a guy like Cheney. Now, he happens to be Republican, but it doesn't matter. He could have been. All of a sudden, you get a guy like Cheney, and he's like, what's the problem? I'm not, I'm not stopping my stuff, you know, while I'm here. And it turns out that... There's not even really a rule for any of this. There's not even really a, a moral thing. I was listening to some some of the stuff about Trump yesterday, and he's talking about as a president, he's immune from prosecution. Well, okay, maybe maybe you are to a certain point, but after an election, a week before you're getting tossed out to to be you know pounding the table saying the election is fixed and all the other kind of stuff, and and, and Whatever you're, if whether whether you're actively inciting people, whether you're doing something, there's no there's no immunity for that. Even, even while you're in office talking about stuff with the Russians, and somebody sues you because the, the, you were they were doing business with the Russians and they can't do it anymore. I guess you want immunity from that. I don't think they're even. I don't. I think these guys have opened up the the, the, the store here, Republican and Democrat alike, to the point where I don't think people even know what the rules are, Kevin. Well, yeah, because we have slowly eroded them. Um, you know, Dick Cheney's not the first one to have investments and, uh, and have conflicts of interest with his investments. It goes back farther than that. We just erode it bit by bit, and then you get to the point where you're saying, well, you know, what's the problem now? But, but, uh, but they weren't even rules. They were like conventions. They were conventions. They were moral uh, moral standards. And so, yes, it, uh, it's that. You know, look at the, the Lloyd Austin situation. How many people in the world, uh, in the real world, would not tell your boss that you're going in uh, to the hospital for surgery, um, and then who would lie about it and say it was elective surgery? Oh, it was prostate cancer. Well, I guess that's elective surgery. <laughs> you could choose not to do anything about it. Um, and then go back in the hospital and not tell your number two person either, and then tell people you're working at home and all of that. Well, you know. How did how did that process get so eroded that we want to cover up something because we don't like the inconvenient truth of it? Um, well, maybe it has something to do with his boss goes away every weekend uh, off to uh, Delaware where they have no visitor log logs whatsoever are published. And do you think that guy's not getting treatment every weekend? To uh, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I was if I was president. And I went to Camp David, and I, want, I invited you and Mike over. Would I want to visit along? Well, for me, you wouldn't mind, but God knows you don't want them to know you're hanging with Mike. What about Flanagan? Uh, no, definitely not Flanagan. No, no. Um, so, but, but you know, the, the point is, it, you know, it, do, you, do you have any doubt that Biden's getting treatments every weekend when he goes away? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm sure he probably is. I, I, 
I don't. But how, uh, how much of this do you? Because because he needs it. He needs it to be able to cope with uh, with having his how job. Much, but how much? The, the, my my point being, you know, once you start setting those precedents, each time you set the precedent, we just move that needle a little bit farther down the road. Well, um, I Adam, I'm not. I don't know where I don't know where this uh, this guy. But, two questions, Kevin. Would you go into Walter Reed for anything? The guy got this. The guy got this massive infection. What did they even do to the guy? They didn't take his prostate out. Probably didn't wash their hands before the surgery. I, I, but I, mean, I, I don't know. It's at some point, if I, uh, I don't even know what. If if uh, if you're on TV all the time with high def TV, and all of a sudden I look like crap on TV, and I go get a little work done uh, uh, in the doctor's office, why do I have to tell people I'm going to get Botox? Screw them. It's not none of their business. Yeah. On the other hand, if you are in charge of the military, and we are, we're certainly at a time when uh, you know we, we have attacks daily. Um, response may be required in any minute to all kinds of things, which which could just as easily be China going into Taiwan, um, and so responses are are right there and uh, and, and immediate. And you're going to check out for several days, if not a week, and not even let your deputy I, know, and not even hand I, over. I think he, I think he went in for what he thought was about a, a one day deal, but it was nobody's business. It turned into a lot more than that, which is unfortunate. Well, at, at which point do you stop lying? That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I, but and, I, and I, but so I don't really. What, what I'm saying is, and, and and to bring it back to the context of uh, you know where where you started with this is, we have slowly taken things that I think most people in the real world, and certainly most people, if you back up a little bit, um, would have said is beyond the pale. You would yeah. never do that. You would never not fail to tell your boss oh, right. uh, what, what's going on like that. Well, certainly your boss. But all I mean, of a sudden, here you are, and nobody's, and they're defending it. It's not even like anybody is, uh, uh, is, is sitting here telling you, uh, um, gee, I was wrong and I got to do better. They're defending it, and then they're saying, "Well, we well, they we, do. we need to do a process review." Oh, Kevin, oh. Kevin, these people defend everything, which is crazy. I mean, I, I mean, at some level, if, if Pete Buttigieg, who's a transportation guy, goes in for hemor- hemorrhoid surgery, I, I got news for you. I don't want to know. Just yeah. saying. No, but it's okay. To yeah, but but I think I think and, I think the and, and, president and, should know. I, I also would say that the transportation se- uh, secretary is a little. Yeah, bit yeah I would agree. Secretary of Defense. Well, I, I'm not so sure that I need to know the guy went in for prostate procedure, but I think Biden probably needed to know. Biden probably does need to know, yeah. and uh, and so does his deputy, who at first was on vacation, and now apparently that that. It's not true. That little fact is not true either. By the way, what's a vacation? <laughs> we got a dash here. She was in Puerto Rico. Yeah, uh, we got everybody's in Puerto Rico these days. What the hell's going on down there? Uh, SP futures down seventy-five cents. The Nasdaq futures up seven. Kevin, talk at you Friday. We'll go over these games better, and we'll be right back with Mr. Russell Rhodes, Professor Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for 
for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. There's something happening here. But what it well, we're back. Stocks and jocks. Now, tomorrow, Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 25 cents. Nasdaq Futures up 10. Do we have the professor? Yeah, I'm here. How are you? Doing all right. Whenever you start talking about stuff like uh, morality and you start talking about stress stress points on planes, oh. boy, it's a it's a tough conversation, isn't it? it? It's a tough one to follow up on. That's for darn sure. So, I wonder, you know, this but, guy. But you know, you know, you, you guys deviated in the last few minutes in there to something that I have an expert in the household on, uh, majoring in journalism. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> but actually, she actually, I think her major is um, something like political communications right now. But she may be switching over to journalism. Matter of fact, when uh, she was on the show, she said she was political uh, communications. Yeah, yeah, but she's. Uh, I, 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 it, 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 it. Both are taught in the exact same school, and there's just a little bit different track that you take as the junior and senior. And I think she wants to go in the the journalism track, so she's going to. Let me ask you a question. Flip it over, but. I personally, I think, I think the best business reporters, and this is why I favor uh, Bloomberg over the the other networks. Uh, a bunch of the people on Bloomberg, they have their CFAs. A bunch of them do, um, and, and so they they actually do know what they're talking about. Um, so, you know, I I, I feel like it, it, the 
people that you want to follow in business journalism are not people that majored in journalism. That's all they've ever done. Uh, you want people that have gotten their hands dirty uh, that also know how to, about, how to write about these things. Much like if you go to a business school, uh, you probably want to have some professors that have some professional experience as well. Um, yeah, I would, I would say so. I don't, you know, go there. I think, and, 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 and by the way, um, somebody, somebody started a, or someone is starting like a, uh, like a LinkedIn, a closed link in group of professors that are kind of like me. It's not me doing it, but it's somebody, uh, that, that teaches one of the local schools that has a similar background, but, and the name of the group is Pro Dash Fesser. Really? And you get 100% of the credit for that. Wow. Because that's what you've been referring to me as what I was, uh, the, the other professor that I drive back and forth to Indiana with, um, you know, we were kicking around what the group should be called. She's not the one putting the name together either. Um, and I said, you know, this is what they call me on Stocks and Jocks. It's probably the perfect name. So uh, you get you get credit there, and God knows we will cite you as the credit for that name because if you don't do that, your career's over. Um, well, your career wouldn't be <laughs> over, your career wouldn't be over with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so, um, I, uh, uh, we're all, we're all about plagiarism these days, so we are plagiarizing you for the uh, for the name of the LinkedIn group for the pro slash fessers. <laughs> I'm gonna the uh, this interesting whenever whenever you see you know questions like this defense guy not not letting people know he's in the hospital, but yeah, I, I wonder how much like let me put this pretty bluntly. You could you could call me up. And say I can't be on the show Wednesday because I'm going in for hemorrhoid surgery, and I, I sure as hell would bleep that out of the air. I don't think mm-hmm. these people think they can call the White House or any of these people, and anybody keeps a secret. Oh, you think maybe that, that that's why he didn't let it out there? Because yeah, the, yeah, but but I, mean, I think know, I think he, he was I led. Mean, he the, was, I think he was led to believe. It was a it was a four hour procedure, and he'd be home before anybody even knew he was gone. Then he got this infection, and then it wasn't. So he was doing an outpatient, and then it was. I, I, yeah. Um, and it it, what's really funny is I was thinking through this situation, and I was just and I had that in the back of my mind. I had not read that anywhere, but I had in the back of my mind was this something that was going to be minor that maybe turned into something yes. different. He ended up with some huge and infection. That, okay, and and that that's an okay excuse behind this one, but you know what, man. Uh, you know the the chain of command is president, that guy, and then you know, and then the military. If if we got something really major going on, and you got that guy sidelined, yeah, and you know, and and then you got yeah. I want a really strong, very present defense secretary right now. Well, I wonder you know, when, and, when my- and it and it relates to the current president and. You know his lack of ability, and and unfortunately, you know I don't care where you're on the political spectrum. You look at that guy, and 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 you just got to worry about you know who's really making the decisions these days. Well, I you I yeah. when I, I I can't wait to get uh, Mike back here. I know he's listening, but mm-hmm. um, and I don't necessarily want to ask him one or two questions today. I want to go through the whole thing. Who actually who, who make who makes what call? I mean, I don't think there's any question that if. If there's a a big deal, the president going to meet with the secretary, but I mean on a day to day basis, I'm going to say that somewhere in the, either in the Joint Chiefs or below, if if 
somebody shoots at one of these hootie gunships, that that decision's not going up to him. It, it's got to. I mean, there's got to be a. There've got, there've got to be rules of engagement yeah. for um, you know, for uh, especially within the Navy. Yeah. It, but but just because the I mean we can we can communicate with anybody anywhere anytime, but you know especially with that you know you've got you got you got somebody that their responsibility is the crew and a billion dollar piece of equipment. Yeah. You know, and God knows he's not you know, he's not trying to track down the defense secretary who then is trying to get the president to say, uh, yeah, you can shoot at that drone. So I, there, there are rules of engagement that are laid out. They, um, they, there's a scene from one of the movies about Kennedy where during the Cuban Missile Crisis where one of the Navy people wants to fire some warning shots during the, the blockade, blah, 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 and they've got... I think it may have been the defense secretary in the room who starts yelling and screaming was, about. Was, was yeah, that Mac? Was that Mac? The, the Navy, the Navy guy is following the rules of engagement, and the political guy that's in the room is is yelling at him to stop doing what they're doing. You know, but so I, I believe that there are pretty uh, direct rules of engagement that was that people McNamara? In the Navy have for situations like that. I think it might have been McNamara. Yeah. I'm just really bad with names. Well, he was uh, the whiz kid from Ford, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. But, but my, my my point there is when you know if, if every na- every naval vessel out there, uh, there probably is um, a point where the captain gets to make you know it makes a arbitrary decision. Oh, sure he does. And when somebody's flying flying a drone straight at your billion dollar piece of equipment with a bunch of young men for, or young people, excuse me. From the United States on it, uh, you shoot back without you a don't doubt. Have to, but but if let's just say that you know hypothetically, while the defense secretary's laid up and you know and Biden's knocked out in his cryo chamber that's keeping him alive, um, Israel starts to go in all directions and not just go south. Uh, you know that that th- that thing escalates tremendously. If that had happened over the last three days. Um, you know, we probably wouldn't have had a timely res- response to it. Well, Hitler, Hitler was. You know a, what I mean? Hitler was and, asleep uh, in Normandy, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and, then again, you, you know, that, what you mentioned is it's kind of a trivia piece. Um, how many decisions did Eisenhower make on D-Day? Oh, none. They were all made. I'm sure. One. We're gone. What? 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 what which? No, it's uh, it's like, on. It's go. It's on. It's, it's go. On. Yeah, and everybody else had their own. And uh, you can't tell me there weren't a bunch of people that were you know, the the um, Saving Private Ryan. My understanding, I've never been in. You know, I, I never was in the military or anything like that. I've you know, I've been in a couple of really fun fights before, but but nothing like storming the beach at Normandy. Yeah. Um, and you know, every commander on there had you know probably had carte blanche to do what he felt like was best within parameters but and, and i doubt i doubt there really were any rules in engagement other than move forward and get rid of all those guys yeah i uh, mean in uh, that case there but all but I, eisenhower I, did was I, balance i think, the, I think the, po- the point with the with the the secretary of defense is that's a i mean that's a really important critical thing you know if our you know if our transportation secretary uh, you know, you mentioned him. You know, if he if he had to go in for a procedure and stuff, it, you know, it, the, the 
you know, the most critical thing that happens with the, the transportation secretary is, unfortunately, if we have a plane crash or, you know, doors are flying off of Boeing planes. But that's not an immediate, immediate decision like like the defense secretary. So I think that's where the real issue is. And I'll bet you if the defense secretary could do it over, he would have been a little bit more forthcoming with what was going on. Well, he also has a cell phone. You know. Yeah, that too. I mean, but I, I, I don't think I, I can't even. I, I don't know how far back we would have to go uh, to come up with a non-leaky White House. Oh, I, I can't even. But it is funny. The you people, know, people on yeah, on the right, automatically don't like the guy because he's because he's Biden's guy. And it's the one thing about yeah. I can when I when I hide behind the numbers, Russell. One thing I know yeah. for sure, whether you. Get, the numbers, whether people think I'm liberal or I'm moving to the center or moving to the right or whatever, the the numbers don't have a color to them. They're just numbers. Yeah. No, no, no. There's there's right, left, and there's just kind of logic. Yeah, well, yeah, don't <laughs> tell anybody that, though. And, 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 you know, and if logic doesn't dictate what's on the left, then, then you know, they, they hate you. And if, if logic doesn't match, match up with some of the things people on the right say, you know, then all the, you know, you... And you end up on both sides. What, uh, I feel like I feel you know, if you're being criticized by both sides in this day and age, you're probably doing something right. I would agree. I I want to <laughs> kind of shift gears a little bit. Let's take a few minutes, and in the second half hour, we'll talk more about the economy going forward. But sure, I, uh, as people criticize, uh, you know, if you're left, you criticize right, whatever. I mean, it actually, it's getting pretty damn tiring if you ask me. But uh, yeah, if you um, you look at this Nvidia situation, when I say Nvidia situation, to me they're they're somewhat of the poster child of a lot of the morals that we're we're seeing around. Now, I think I sent you that video video of a guy. I, I don't know this guy. I've met him, so sure as hell wouldn't trade based on what this guy says. He claims that Nvidia is 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 uh, pumping their their uh, what do you call them? their their uh, backlog that they're essentially buying their own stuff, which is you know I, I don't know if he's right or not whatever but I just I look at this company and I see there I'll, I'll be in some conversation with somebody who uh, is upset that we're not stronger against China you know the, the reason why these guys are going to take Taiwan in the next year is because Biden's a, a you know He's a female part, and and strong Trump would never let him do it. They would never, they would never consider doing this if Trump was in there because everybody's afraid of him, and he's a, he's the best guy on earth. Nobody nobody'd mess with Trump. You know, a lot of, a lot of anyway. That, that that's the mentality. Yet uh, the administration comes out with rules regarding sending certain kinds of chips to China, and this Nvidia guy basically comes on TV and says. We're going to be one gazillionth of a of a nano something something under the under the chips that are illegal, and we're going to sell mega mega bunches of them to China, and the stock races up, and everybody loves the guy. And now half of those people, or maybe three quarters of them, are allegedly conservative, and they want the president to essentially bomb the damn place. Well, they can't wait to buy chips that are going over there that are making God knows what. I mean, I the the morality here. I just I, and I'm not accusing the right versus the left. I'm saying don't people put these two and two things together. If if you don't want stuff going to China, 
You got no business buying NVIDIA stock, do you? Well, if if they are intentionally circumventing, you know, if they're if they're doing things so that their chips get over to China, I'm not I saying they're over that, the line. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, whoever, uh, whatever, uh, whatever the line is, they're as close as they can get it. The, the guy said that. I'm we, not saying that. He said it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 know that Nvidia chips are getting into China and they're trying to use them for AI. Which, good lord, that scares the crap out of me. Yeah. But the way they're getting the way they're getting over there is, I, I think. I, I know I've told the story when, when um, Bitcoin started to become a thing that one of my neighbor kids uh, did the exact same thing that, that China's doing where he, to do some Bitcoin mining. He, he stripped the chips out of uh, PCs, and he actually resold the PCs on um, eBay uh, and, and almost recouped his cost and built up his, his own little rig that way. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm not shocked that... Yeah, it, it's probably a, it's probably very difficult to, to find Nvidia chips right now uh, between you know the normal demand for them uh, and China trying to get around uh, you know different rules that have been put in place to keep technology from getting to them. Um, now I, don't, I don't think I don't think Nvidia is doing anything nefarious to boost up the numbers because I don't think they have to. Okay, I, I, I would you know, I sort of would hope I, the same I mean, thing. I think I think if you're I think if you're an electric car company, um, because demand has fallen off a cliff for electric cars lately, um, I, I think you know maybe you're counting sales when you send them to the lot instead of when they actually go into people's driveways and things like that. But I don't think Nvidia has to do that because the demand's so already so strong for their products. I would I would, I would I'm surely hoping you know you're mean? right, and I, I think you are right. Yeah. To be honest with you. But I'm saying we do have a guy coming out and said we're going to send. Here, here's the line, you know, x x mm-hmm. number of uh, you know, transistor worth of going back to show my age per chip. And by the way, the line is a million, and we're at nine 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 nine, and we're 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 bumping up production and sending them to China. Well, okay, I mean, uh, I'm saying well, so. That's where the demand is. That's what business is supposed to do. Okay, so the con- <laughs> the conservative people of the world. Uh, uh-huh. Um, see, I happen to think business has to have some morals on, on top of it. Everybody else says it's supposed yeah. to have them, yet a business doesn't. How does that work? Mm-hmm. But, but that's just one man's opinion. I'm not pushing you on that. What I'm saying is if somebody goes in from this totally weakling administration and actually tests one of these things and finds it over the line, and mm-hmm. tomorrow we arrest this guy and all the people on the board with him, and the stock opens up at 50 bucks. Uh, how many conservatives in the world that were, were pushing on Biden when he was too weak, how many of those guys are going to be squealing now that they wrecked their, their company? I mean, what what is our... Oh, yeah. Does anybody well, even look that, at... Is anybody testing these things to find out whether they're, 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 they work or don't? Whether they're in the law I or not? Have, I have no... I assume they don't ship them if they're not working. I'm not talking about work. I'm talking, uh, does anybody here test the oh. capability to see if it's over the line or behind the line? So how do we know exactly what's going over there? Yeah. Uh, we don't. We don't. It's, I mean, it's really, all a big let's, joke. Let's just let, let you. I'm, I'm going to use numbers that I'm used to. We used to have like uh, 386 and 486 chips a yeah. million years ago. Um, what's in my iPhone is is more powerful than that. Yeah. But let, you know, let's say we said uh, only 386 chips can go over to to China. I mean, what's to what's to stop? Um, you know, in in this would be Intel. What would it, what would it stop Intel from putting a bunch of four eighty six chips in a bunch of three eighty six boxes? Yeah, nobody. Unless I mean, how the hell can you tell the difference between the two? Well, I mean, I, but I mean, a, I, but a law a law is one of my is is brother Copper 
<laughs> mentioned once in class in Marist High School, any any law implies enforcement. If there's no enforcement, don't have the law. Well, that's that's why we don't have any immigration laws. Well, I know I just yeah, but I'm saying whatever, whatever it is, and, we, I, and I don't want to yeah. bring that one in. But that I mean that's and that's why we don't have. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> you could practically say murder is not against the law in Chicago. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> Especially if you're mutual combatants, which is a lot of people in Chicago. But, um, yeah, you know, if, if something's not being enforced, heck yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, what's the point? Because yeah. then, then you, then you and, put yourself down the and road. That, into... and, 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 and if you really want to get conspiracy-oriented with the not enforcement of, of the laws and stuff, you know, the biggest backer of the people that are supposed to enforce them is, is George Soros. Yeah, I agree. You know, he, uh, I mean, he, he, what, one of the, uh, I mean, he, what, what's the woman who was uh, the DA or whatever in Chicago? She is still she is, Kim Fox. Kim Fox. Kim Fox. Yeah, I couldn't remember her name. I mean, she, you know, she, she's totally backed by that guy. Well, he begs. Yeah, you know, and what, what motivation? I mean, it, well, he, he, yeah, you know, he backs a lot of people that that don't necessarily enforce the laws and the rules on the books. Well, there is there's a there's another and, level of the, of the chessboard. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about this for a couple minutes. Yeah, and that, well, that, that, that's where I was kind of going. Is and why is he? You know, why does he think that's a good use of his money? Because um, there's a, what there's is he trying to achieve with that? There's a, there's another level of the chessboard, um, and mm-hmm. this this I mean in Chicago, and you see this happening. I mean, I want people that don't seem to care whether they go shoot people i want them out of society i don't i don't want them shooting somebody i care about or don't care about that just happens to walk down the street i think i think mm-hmm. people who uh people need to society's first job is to protect their population and they're not doing it so i, I have a real issue with it yet that, that's go- that's government's first job yes but i also th- well society that, is, that, is, is what is what provides government you People yeah. get together and say, this is what we need. But on the other hand, I, I could see somewhat where the Soros is the world. I'm going to be like Spock here. I don't agree, but I understand that there's a difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. His, his point of view is, you look at all the countries in the world, every, every single, I'm going to say normal country in the world, Australia, France, Germany, Sweden, Denmark, you name it, we have something like, Ten times as many people incarcerated as they do, and we still have a more mm-hmm. a more massive crime problem. So clearly, scooping people into jail is is not been a solution to anything long term. Now, short term, I want the guy off the street, but long term, w- to put somebody in in a group with all the rest of the crooks without any education system, without any reason why you came out, that things would be any different than when you went in in terms of your education, your morality, whatever. I that that I can understand if I'm living on the island of Bermuda, going, I don't know what these guys are doing, but this isn't working either. And, and, mm-hmm. On a large scale, it doesn't mean that you want the guy who just shot the kid next door on the same street where your kid's going tomorrow. There's, there's, it's like two different levels. Or am I wrong? No, it's not. You're not wrong at all. Yet, obviously, we had what, what do we have? A Andrew, look this up. You know, I think we have a million people in this country. Incarcerator, we did before we started letting everybody out. Uh, okay, how's that working? On a, on, a, on a huge scale, not very well. No, not at all. Yet, do I want the guy who just shot somebody on the street? No. You know the idea of 
everybody has a gun has that made things better and i don't i don't think you can take a gun away from anybody tomorrow seeing as everybody else seems to have one I mean, but yet if if i think we'd all be safer if nobody had one well right? you know you, you know the, the solution to that one which which has been abandoned which i always thought was one government <clears throat> i feel like government doesn't do a whole lot of things that don't have negative repercussions um and we had a three strikes in your outlaw. Uh, yeah, and and it, it and it would be you, you'd see it on the cop shows whenever I'd go visit my dad down in Memphis. You know, I'm, I'm stuck watching Law and Order over and over and yeah. over again. Uh, and every once in a while, you'd have a, a show where they they talked about how unfair that three strikes in your out thing was. Got busted with you know got busted smoking a joint five years ago. You know was in a bar fight three years ago, and now you know happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, and you're going away for life. Um, that three strikes and you're out, you know, where if you're just a habitual criminal, you've got, you know, you've got, there are no redeeming qualities to you, and you're not going to be additive to society. You know, I, I'm sorry, but lock you up and throw away the key. Well, I think what happened there I know, is... That's kind of terrible, but... Well, what happened there uh, is, is on, the, on some level of society, I, be, I, be, I believe... I believe a felony was like a hundred bucks. Yeah, I, mean, I think you stole. You know, if I went in and I shoplifted, you know, a pair of Jordans right now, that could that technically could have been considered a felony. Right, but on, but on the um, but and if you're so a big there company, were, there were minor things that were felony. Right, but uh, as as a big company, you could you could steal gazillions. And you, without admitting or denying, pay some billion dollar fine. Pay, pay a you know a cost. So so fine. it yeah. depends on where you put the bar. I mean, th- there were people yeah. that were in jail for life that like stole three bikes. Total value of the deal six hundred bucks. I mean, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, some of the point is is that worth life? No, it's not. Yet the mm-hmm. the uh, sheriff before uh, what was his name be- before Sheehan. I mean, I knew Sheehan pretty well when he was up at the Buckingham, the same club I was in. Uh, nice guy. He used mm-hmm. to be a referee. Uh, uh, NCAA ref, so we, we talk about games all the time. Anyway, he, uh, the guy before him, Republican guy, he was br- real bright. I saw, I listened to him on one of those uh, Saturday morning, you know, at issues or whatever, and he said the, he goes, I don't have enough money as a sheriff to change anybody's life in the jail. He says, so people mm-hmm. people come in here with an average reading score of sixth grade, and they without a skill, and they leave with an average reading score of sixth grade without a skill. Why is it a shock to anybody that in six weeks they're back? He goes, mm-hmm. I mean, now in, in Nevada, the prison system, there's all kinds of schools and there's a requirement that you need to have some sort of skill when you leave so there's some chance you won't be back. Here, we don't do any of that. I mean, I, and, and, I, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think just on the numbers side, uh, Russell, and this, you're, you're the pro, pro, Professor, I think if you put somebody like you and me and you've got more economic knowledge, and maybe I'm a little better at cost accounting. If we were to if we were to take a random sample of how much they spend on it per per intern, or we want to call them prisoner, in Nevada educating them for the two, three, four years they're in there, versus here not doing anything and just letting them go and having them come back. And what if we were to do a cost of society? I would I would bet you. No, I wouldn't be cooking the numbers. Like everybody does now, to come out with the conclusion they want, I would bet you it's cheaper to go the Nevada way in the long run. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, but we don't. We, I, unfortunately, you know, we we live on a year over year over year budget. So anything that's super long term, um, and especially being implemented in a place where you know the government is quickly running out of money um, and quickly running out of ways to get the money, um, you know, I think it's a little too late to try and convert convert you know Cook County to something like that. Well, what what? what? Quick question. Quick, very serious question before we go to break. Um, uh If you were to take 100 people, male, female, black, white, blue, Asian, Egyptian, from from Mars, if you were to put 100 people in a room at county Mm -hmm. jail or any place like that and and get a guy like our buddy, uh, Dr. Dr. Blade, Dr. Johnson, our psychology buddy, to actually spend a day or two with these people, what percentage of the 100 would you say are absolutely, you, you can't do anything with them. I mean, when they were seven years old, they were, you know, stabbing mice or something to see how much they hurt. And they and could care less, have no morals whatsoever. We just assume shoot mm-hmm. at you, spit at you. Uh, what percentage of the of the hundred are given a break somewhere, they can move somewhat back into society and within two years can be fine? What percentage are, no matter what you do, you don't want this person on the street because they're just, they, they'll, they'll go shoot a dog if they have to. And there's a few mm-hmm. of those around, hopefully not many. Uh, and, and what percentage are kind of on the bump, bubble? I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I don't, I don't know how many are for like... I don't think there's that many irredeemable people out there. And I'm, I'm inferring that from, from a stat that, that you've thrown out on here uh, in the past, which is that although they don't catch a lot of the shooters in Chicago, they can trace multiple murders back to a single gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know, there, there, there are people roaming around Chicago right now that have easily gotten away with killing a handful of people. Oh, without a doubt. SP Futures down a buck yeah. now. Nancy Futures down seven. We'll be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. 
I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, North Bay Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tim Allen, Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 75 cents. We've been just flopping around here. We were up a little bit. Now we're now we're not. The Nasdaq's down uh, four bucks tomorrow. We got uh, CPI, the fictitious CPI number, in one man's opinion. Uh, Dow futures are up eight. So we're about as flat as we can get here this morning. Over in Europe, we have the uh, uh, DAX up 16.1 percent. The FTSE down 16.2 percent. CAC around up 30 cents unchanged. So we're we're I'd, I'd say that's an inside day so far. Uh, this we have the Russell comment on a minute. Uh, Nikkei up 678. That's two percent. Uh, blows past 34,000 mark. First time since March 1990. Probably before Andrew forgot to say. Uh, Hang Seng down 92. Well, getting close to 16,000. 16,097. Shanghai down 15, 28,77. The CSI 300, which I think is a little different than the Shanghai, is near five-year lows. So we need Russell. Uh, we're done here, Russell. An- a- a- ask and answer the question. How is the Nikkei on new highs the CSI is on, on new lows? It's a little weird. Uh, yesterday, Dow was up, I'm sorry, down 157, S&P down 7, NASDAQ up 13. Bonds, down 2 basis points, 3.99, so duck under 4%. The Bund down 2 basis points, 2.17. Japan unchanged, 0.58. We've got oil up a little bit with a lot more of these Red Sea attacks. Uh, up 89 cents, 73.13. And a high end that range is probably like 73.5. We'll see if it backs off or... If it breaks out, run up 82 cents, 78.37. Natural gas down a dime, 308. Uh, which is kind of surprising since it's supposed to be zero this weekend. Our Bob up five cents, 213. We've got gold up 480. Trying to do a little bounce here, 2037. Silver up four cents, 23.13. Copper up two cents, 378. Pretty quiet there as well. Crypto down 1600 after an SEC social media account is compromised. Sends a false ETF approval post. We're also going to get. Russell's uh, uh, opinion on having an ETF on something, in my, my opinion, is worth nothing, but you can borrow to buy it. How smart that is, but we're going to do it. Uh, we, the dollar is uh, down a little bit here with the euro up to 109.5 and the, and the British pound at 127.3. A lot of stuff there. What do you guys for traffic, traffic weather sport, Andrew? All right, it is 740 here in Chicago on Wednesday, January 10th. Just a little bit of sports here. We got some hockey. The Blackhawks lost to the Oilers 2-1. And the Coyotes won over the Bruins 3-4. Now over to Chicago, Chicago weather is currently 33 degrees. We're going to have a high of also 33 today, so it's going to stick around that nearly the whole day with a slight chance of some winds and some snow throughout the later day. But over in Phoenix, they're currently at 37 degrees. They've got partly cloudy skies. They're going to have a high of 60, but they also have a freeze warning lasting until 9 due to that cold weather. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, much, much more red than we had in our first hour. Nearly every inbound inbound expressway is uh, experiencing some delays. I'd turn Uh, back if I were you. Yes, but thankfully no accidents to report, so just a little bit of slowdowns. So that is all I got. Back to you, Chief. Um, Russell, what's the story with Japan and China going absolutely opposite directions here? Well, well, China um, is really funny. I'm I'm sitting, I have 
like you know, Bloomberg on. And I today's most read articles, one of them is China targets officials, business centers, and anti-graft campaign. Um, China is a, an authoritarian country where you know the government dictates everything that's going on. And we know that you know uh, government-driven economies like that don't work over the long term. Uh, uh, they've been there a while. Japan, uh, do what? They've been there a while. Well, they've. I mean, well, they've been there. They, they're coming up on the hundredth anniversary of the Communist Party. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. About that, I mean, they've. They, so you know, they haven't been there. They, they haven't been there as long as we've been around. <laughs> well, I mean, um, the, 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 but clearly the the endowed professorship economic dudes like Milton mm-hmm. Friedman and those guys that were absolutely convinced that if you get interject a little economic freedom, you'd end up with political freedom. Freedom. I'm going to say, I'm going to declare them. But, but that's because the economic the economic freedom over there really isn't as real as you think it is. Well, I think in terms you know, of I mean. I'll give you a great example. I love this example. I, I haven't gotten to use this one in forever. So, you know, I, I, I was at the Options Institute at SIBO, and, and we would bring groups in from China because they, they started to develop an option market, which is, is doing okay. But they, they, you know, they, they would bring in 60, you know, 50 or 60 people, um, and they, we would spend three weeks teaching them all about how options worked, everything, and and then the same group would come back six months later and learn all the same exact stuff. And basically, they were they were using you know their jobs to get a, a free trip to the U.S. Yeah, oh, without a Vegas doubt. Yeah. Every, oh, they would they'd go to Vegas every weekend. They they'd like take a red eye home from Vegas on Sunday night and they'd sleep all day Monday in class. Um, but where was I going with the? <laughs> well, <laughs> you're the saying that those guys they came here. We, we used to do the same thing. Uh, yeah. Actually, at PTI with people, uh, we had some people that did the agricultural stuff. You remember those guys? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, I know yeah. exactly who you're talking about. Uh, I, I, I want to punch one of them in the face, but that's okay. Um, so, so you know, the, China was looking at developing their market and everything, and we would have a uh, we'd have a, a closing dinner over at Tudos uh, or closing lunch over at Tudos, and one of the people from China asked me. What percentage of the Chicago Board Option Exchange the city of Chicago owns? Really? And, yeah, and, and yeah, and I came to find out that if you know, if I if if I open up a a, a burger chain in Shanghai and I call it Shanghai Burgers, the city of Shanghai is going to have to own part of it for using that name. Well, if I open up there one that says no, Russell Burgers, you're going to no, want a piece. There is no difference between the government. And the businesses in China. Do you want to invest in any government anywhere? Uh, no. Well, so if I mean that's what you're investing in when you, you basically are investing in um, your belief that the Chinese Communist Party is going to you know is going to dominate the world in the future, and well, nobody wants to invest in that. That's why their stocks were down twenty percent last year. That's you know that that's why. What happened today? Where you talked about Japan being up and China being down, um, you know, China is China is a communist country, and I don't know anybody that's ever made any money if, uh, if, uh, investing in a Chinese country. The only people that make money off of communism uh, off of communism are the leaders, and then the people that can steal sh- steal stuff. Excuse me, when it all falls apart. Um, 
in terms of day-to-day basis, do I have just as much lack of access to the Japanese economy as they do the Chinese? It's almost as bad, isn't no, it? No, no, you don't. So I can go over there. I can I can buy a yeah. Japanese restaurant and tomorrow and own the place. The property rates are yeah, like here. I'm, I'm sure there. I'm sure there are all kinds of regulations, but you uh, you know what? If, if you wanted to buy, if is you an American, if you wanted to buy a, a restaurant in China, um, or you wanted to open the first Chipotle in China, you you can do that, but you have to give them all of your recipes. Right, and you also got to give them like do, you wouldn't have to do that in, in Japan. But you know, it's not it's not just them. I'm I'm not trying to draw a correlation here, but we had for a period of time we had all kinds of people that came up um, from uh, Mexico to. Uh, do seminars with us. This is in the early nineties, mm-hmm. and they were they were high highbrow dudes, you know, coming out of the the government and so forth. As a matter of fact, uh, you know a couple of the people uh, who I went do. down there and were talking about uh, um, they were going to do futures and, and peso futures and so forth, and they they set up an exchange and uh, a couple of the people who I know very well, and so do you. Uh, they call me up and they go. They had a test for uh, for people to, to be able to participate in the future exchange. And I go, they had a test. Well, they do now. <laughs> I said, don't don't tell me you guys wrote it. And they go, yeah, we did. It's pretty good. <laughs> okay then. And <laughs> you know, and I'm, the two people I'm talking about, I'm sure could could actually write a very nice test. So, but they were up here and we were having uh, some adult beverages at the dear departed uh, Excelsior downstairs. And uh, so we're uh, there's all these guys, and they're they're you know I was younger obviously, and they were older than me. And I said, you know, the the American way is for corporations here to be owned by, you know, you can own a hundred shares of AT and T when you work there, and you could be part of the the big place as well as being a small person or, or a small economic uh-huh. person, not a small moral person. Uh, and everybody gets to be part of this American dream by owning shareholders. And these three guys looked at me like, why would anybody ever want that? Regular people owning these companies. We want to own them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, why, yeah, why, we're, not why, sure. we're not giving away... Why, yeah, why, would, why would anybody ever want that? I'm going... It just was a whole different way of being brought up and so forth. I mean, my uncle worked for Western Electric. He owned shares of AT&T. Uh... You know that type, that sort of thing, and maybe he got. You know, I don't. Was, I don't know if it was part of the pension plan. I don't think it was, but but I mean, he he naturally uh, would buy some when he was on the the drip program, the dividend reinvestment program, and it, you get to be part of stuff here. I mean, that, that's really what the stock market's all about, right? I mean, regular people can, if if you like Coca Cola, for God's sake, you can own part of Coca Cola. But rest of the people in the world don't think that way. Why would I want that schmuck owning part of Coca Cola, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I, I, I think our way is the better way, uh, but the, I don't think they would agree with me. Do you? I mean, the Chinese sure don't feel that way. No, not at all. But I, I we, you know, we have to, we have to kind of deal with all this. And I just, I wonder somewhere along the line whether it's Biden, Trump, somebody somewhere is going to have to pull rank on one of these corporations S- someday, somewhere. It might not be Nvidia. It might not be Microsoft. It might be a place I don't even know about. Someplace, somewhere, there's going to have to be people let out of a boardroom in cuffs, and massive fines. Because I yeah. think I think they're just they're walking all over 
a governments now in what I consider to be a very dangerous world. If in full peacetime everybody loves everybody, knock yourself out. But that's not what we got right now. I, I think yeah. I think I think right now you you, you better toe the line a little bit. And I'm and I'm not a totalitarian, you know that. But uh, you know, I, right now, I mean, if we are at five different war skirmishes, if you're a big company. Not paying taxes, stealing money from the government is not a national sport during wartime. It just isn't. You know, I'm not no, talking. Not I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, a regular person saying, a, you know, his home office is 200 square feet when it's really 190. That's not what I'm talking about. This this is not the time for Microsoft to say, uh, by the way, I don't owe you the 30 billion dollars you think I do when you know they do, or you think they do. Yeah. I mean, is I mean, you, you can't have this kind of stuff going on if we actually have defense issues, which I think we do. I mean, Mike comes on, and Mike has been incredibly uh, uh, helpful to the show, he and Lou, about these are real threats. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> these are real threats. I mean, I mean, well, come on. And, and, the, and the thing is, I mean, you know, the threats that we're looking at very, very far away, um, I mean, we, we got, you know, we have caravans of people Trying to cross our border is that not a threat? Well, it's it is. You know, that, I mean, that's a when, when, to the when, extent when that you hear when you when you hear the composition of the most recent caravan, and you hear a lot of that there are people from a lot of me, Middle Eastern countries in that caravan. You know, it, you know when you have a, a few thousand people coming up across the border, and you've got five really bad actors uh, that may be mixed in with that group. That that's some scary crap. I think. I think. You know, you'll, you'll in, never. In fact, you know what? I'm more worried about that than I am. You know, the 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 multiple the multiple murderer that's probably walking. You know, the the multiple people that have probably killed multiple people that are still free in Chicago. I'm more worried about people coming across our border than I am the guy downtown because the guy downtown is most likely just uh, shooting at mutual combatants, and I'm not a mutual combatant. Uh, so. m- most likely, but they miss yeah. a lot. They miss an awful lot. Hey, I got to. They, they, they fire. They fire a lot because you'll see, like you know, twenty-five casings, and maybe somebody grazed someone. They're not very good shots, are they? I uh, again, let's let's try and go, which I always try and do with my guests because you guys are all capable of doing this. Mm-hmm. L- level one. Do you want half a million people swimming across the Rio Grande, pouring in without any 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 uh, concern about? Is everybody healthy? Is everybody educated? Is something something? Is that yeah? Is that a positive thing? Well, the answer. Do they course, have good intentions? Well, That's really my. Okay, but all right, but I'm just saying. Just let's let's, let's, say, let's take them one at a time. I'm gonna say, yeah. is, is that a positive thing? There isn't anybody. I don't care how liberal you happen to be. There isn't anybody who says no. That that's 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 spectacular. Let's make it six hundred. No, nobody. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would not even begin to say that's a good idea. Okay, um, but I also talk to people, and some of them are very close to me. Um, by the way, do you realize that due to the wars of the last 10 years, there's 7, 8, 10, pick a number, million people that can't live where they used to live? And if you take economic fiascos like Venezuela, let's, let's drop another 40 million on top of that. Yeah. And, and, and oh, by the way, everybody from the Middle East, I mean, we're the ones that blew up Iraq. Okay, you can't. Man, I'm going to say you can't live there anymore. Now, or somebody blew up Syria. I don't think it was us, but somebody did. Uh, now, 
out of those three million people, do they all go to Jordan? The poor guy there, he's got more refugees no. than he does people. I mean, but there are yeah. people here that say, yeah, it's Jordan's problem. It's a Middle East problem. Well, what if like 50 people came here from over there? Too many. Screw them. We don't want any of them. Well, come on. That, 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 I don't know about that. Out of, out of, the, out of the 10 million I, people flying around the world with no place to live, we want none. I mean, I'm not saying we want all 10. I bet, I'm, I'm saying the idea that none of, none of this is our problem when, when we cause some of it. I mean, I, we, yeah, we, and you know what? As if, if we had, if, if we displayed any leadership whatsoever um, around the world, and honestly, I don't think we have done that in. We haven't done that in five presidents. In five presidents, we haven't done that. Yeah, I, you're, you're being nicer than I am. Um, probably going all the way back to Reagan. Iran-Contra uh, Reagan? Well, I know. That yeah. somebody, I mean, I, I, I know that. I'm aware of that. But at the same time, you know, I felt like he was... Uh, the communists are stockpiling weapons in Grenada, and we go take them out. I, I, you know? I, 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 I love, I love Dutch on some yep. level. But another yeah. another guy that got, got evidently got stories to the Iranians to not let the hostages out till after the election. You know what? Screw that. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, if that's true, that's pretty crappy. Um, you know, and it wasn't until after the election; it was the inauguration. Yeah. They, I mean, they. I, I remember when the it's one yeah. of the you know one of those few things that they stick with you. I was in junior high, and it was a little church school in a basement in Memphis, and the principal came around and told everybody. One of the guys that I I yeah. liked the most, but, I read mm-hmm. the biggest respect for was uh, Dan Inouye from Hawaii, World War II vet. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, he, and he was the guy who did the Iran Contra and said this is the, the biggest threat to this this country has ever faced constitution wide, and it, it was way worse Iran Contra than than you know Clinton getting oral sex from what's her name. I mean, it ain't even close. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying he should have gotten oral sex from what's her name, but um, I don't. Yeah. Th- but uh, by the way, did you did you read the the Secret Service guys talk about the one day? Remember uh, remember Eleanor Mindale? Mm-hmm. Mindale's daughter, that, as the judge said in Caddyshack, has a certain zest for living. Uh, she had a yeah. serious zest for living. She ended up, She married Keith Van Horner from the Bears, but she, <laughs> she let's let's yeah. say she was active, and evidently. By the way, when you're president, if you ever invite me to the White House and we get out and shoot mm-hmm. some pool, like evidently they have three or four of the best pool tables on earth. I'm not so sure I, I want to shoot pool down there because evidently, Bill was. Uh, having a zest with Eleanor on one of the pool tables. Oh, for God's sake! Oh, goodness sake! Yeah, and uh, and, yeah. Uh, and Hillary evidently was looking for him, and Monica was at the gate all at the same time, and they so they didn't let. Man, Monica, he is he is such a player. Oh, and evidently they wouldn't I let. They wouldn't have, let. I couldn't have pulled that off in my best. Oh, and they wouldn't let. They wouldn't let Monica in, and so she was all pissed off. And Hillary, they yeah. wouldn't let Hillary know where he was, so she was all pissed off. And he and Eleanor are in the pool room, or the billiard room. <laughs> like, good I, in the pool room, <laughs> a billiard cue and a cigar. Yeah, but it's like I, I can't, e- you can't even, you can't even imagine this going on. And yet, <laughs> if you if you wrote that in a book, nobody'd read the book. No, I, I mean, it, I, 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 you know, if half of what they say about the Clintons is true, they, they, it, they are definitely the truth is is stranger than fiction. Well, there's another thing you know? they, they talk about. Yeah. Absolutely, we talked about enforcement earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, here, here's a name me anybody who had a more than a second grade education, 
when you have, quote, a law that says for an American, I don't know how the law actually reads, but you're not supposed to give, foreign people are not supposed to be able to contribute to a U.S. election, correct? Now, how Soros gets yeah. away with it or whatever, I don't know. But somehow well, or another, American, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, but yeah. I'm saying, so you're not supposed to do that. So, so all of a sudden, the Clintons have this foundation. Now, does anybody not realize that foreign people giving money to the foundation and people at the foundation working on the campaign, that's essentially the same thing, right? As, mm-hmm. as getting, and, and how could it's, it possibly... It's a workaround. It's a workaround. Every time, every time you change campaign finance stuff, they come, people will come up with a workaround. Every time you trade microstructure or you trade the structure, change the structure of financial markets, people are going to find a workaround. Well, if, if you are don't, always going to find a workaround, especially if it's if it's done in such a way where the right people have already figured out the workaround. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like the tax laws, you know, go overseas, we oh, don't yeah. pay anything. I mean, it's like it's like crazy. What a uh, what do you? Uh, how many? T- Let me ask you this: Is there mm-hmm. been any? This is a, we need this next week. We'll talk about this, and I don't want you to talk out of school. Kevin and I were talking uh, yesterday for a little bit because uh, Brennan mm-hmm. still on uh, he's still in sick bay a little bit uh, regarding how many people. Well, I'm just really switching gears. How many people at a university now, if you're really going to play this transfer portal thing, and every person who's in there that you might want, you're going to figure out a way to give them a bid, tell them if you want them. There's going to be a number mm-hmm. of say. I'm going to say, Russell, it's got to be a 15-person job at every university full-time because there's a 1,000 people in this portal or thereabouts. Oh, yeah. Do you think yeah, that, it, you know, do you think that um, a lot of schools, and just I'm not saying anything about Indiana, do you think a lot of schools are on board with this? I think a lot of them aren't. What, with the transfer portal? Thing? No, the idea that Russell ends up in there. I would say, okay, Russell is a, a solid third guard. He's worth... 50,000 from this group we can hook him up with, but he's not worth the 50 from that group, so we're going to contact him and we're going to say, we can get you the first people for 50, but we can't go 100 because we don't think you're... I mean, it's, 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 like, a, it's like a full employment sort of... Yeah, they're, they're starting... They're, they're, I don't want to call it a foundation, but they're, they're starting like a boosters group for NIL. Right, but they... You know I mean? and, uh, and so it, it, it's probably more of a booster reaching out than right, anybody but, else, but... But the school, but they have to. It, the school has to give them the scholarship, because if they don't get the scholarship, yeah. where these these groups are set up, they can't. I I think it's a it's a ten or fifteen person full time deal in every school, and I just wonder if, you, if you're gonna do it if you're gonna do it as efficiently as possible. Yeah, it's it's like draft day. Yeah, but it's like draft day on steroids because um, it's every day. Yeah, you know, we, we've been talking about the football thing. Did you know um, uh, a kid entered the transfer portal uh, from Kansas State uh, just about about a month ago, and he is playing at Memphis now already in basketball? I thought you couldn't do it in the same year. You he could because he didn't uh, because he had been suspended from the team and then he got kicked off for a bar fight. So since he didn't play this year, he could put himself. He was he was in the transfer portal for about a day and a half, and now he's playing at Memphis. Well, the kid from Illinois is suing to get back on the team because he allegedly raped somebody on break or something. Uh, the one, the one that got in trouble at uh, he was he was at a football game in Lawrence, Kansas, and he was charged with rape. Um, but and I think his justification on that one is, you know, I, I wasn't at a school event. Well, I, that that was one of the first things I heard when when I heard about that was. 
Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't like he was traveling with the team. It was just you know him being a stupid college student, and I got. Why don't Why don't we? I, I really, you know, I just downplayed that. I want to correct what I just said as far as stupid, stupid college student relative to that act. Uh, he's just saying that he wasn't doing something representing the university when he got in trouble. Well, uh, I wanna, I'm going to say I, you know I, I don't want that one twisted. Well, let me help you. I know Indiana could improve yeah. their team next year. How's this for a, a really dumb thought coming out of my head again? Why don't you guys go teach a class at every one of the penitentiaries? Then people in the penitentiary can play on your football team. Yeah, I, I, I've always felt like um, what we should do is what, what you should do is you should teach a class to young Marines coming out of the Marines and teach a, teach them a skill position in football and put them on the football team. They're not big enough. They're That's not. What I, they're not two eighty. Do what? They're not well, but they're but but they're but they're strong and they're yeah. quick and I've always, I've always felt like I, back when Memphis was horrible in football I said that that we should just be we should be trying to find guys we had one guy that was a Marine who was like 26, 26 year old freshman that was a great tight end or something like that hell we should just try to find as many freaking Marines as oh, we can God. anyway <laughs> Russell take get a bunch of guys in their mid twenties with military experience and put them out there against Georgia take care of yourself uh, okay real quick how's the pooch. Which is great. I tweeted a picture just a little while ago. All right, buddy. Take care of yourself. SB Futures down three. Nasdaq Futures down. Don't be driving back and forth to Indianapolis in the, in the blizzard this weekend. Oh, I, it wasn't that bad yesterday. I'm talking about this weekend. It's supposed to be worse. I know. I'm not doing it this weekend. Do right. it tomorrow again. So okay. Well, you'll be, you'll be fine tomorrow. All right. Uh, SP Futures again. Down three. Nasdaq Futures down 14. See what happens. Talk about tomorrow morning. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.